Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of How It Is with Whitney and Waigua. I'm Waigua, flying solo this week and Whitney sends the regards. Unfortunately, they couldn't make it. We had scheduled to record some a couple of days back, but then at the time when we wanted to record Stimazi Kapotea, when I tell you Saturn. <laughs> But yeah, in the spirit of consistency, we will not leave you hanging. So, let's get into today's episode where it's going to be you and me just kicking basically. We're just going to talk. Nothing nothing too structured. <laughs> I've been doing this mindfulness course, a little short course like an 8-week thing. Um and it's it's um it's a course by this some some guy who's very like popular in the mindfulness scene his name is John Kavats Kav- or something i don't know honey but his course is amazing and he has vast experience in like the science of mindfulness the course is called mindfulness based stress reduction each week they give you an activity like an assignment there's reading material to get into there's videos on youtube and it's so so well organized and for this week the activity was to get into a 30 minute body scan meditation there's this guided meditation that he has on on youtube it's like a, you know one of those youtube playlists So he has a week one playlist where there's meditation and there's the videos which align with the you know trading for the week. It's it's so cool, so well organized. I think I'm going to share the the link on the show description so that you all can check it out if you're interested in exploring mindfulness-based stress reduction. This is not a paid ad. So yeah this week I've been doing the body scan meditation every morning been trying to be as consistent as I can but I've been doing it every day sometimes I miss the morning so I do it in the evening and it's been it's been extremely helpful let me say it's been extremely helpful it's really helped me stay like at a state of equilibrium throughout my week and it's something that i intend to continue practicing honestly for as long as i can mm, so the body scan meditation is just meant to get you in touch with your body what it does for me it's it helps me notice like the aliveness in my body like i feel sensations that just pass me by you know things that are going on in my body that i never even notice like the tingly feeling in your arms that time when you're so still or like your your i know your lungs filling up or your abdomen moving like um I don't know. Uh, I mean, barely knew my honey. 
just the movement in your abdomen and your chest and noticing how the air moves through your nose through your through your neck into your lungs and it it kind of makes it, it just kind of gives me perspective like yeah a lot of shit does go on without me realizing another activity in the course for this week was has been to to try and pick an activity that is in my daily routine like let's say showering eating breakfast lunch dinner um walking to stage just anything in your daily routine and now enhance your attention while doing the activity the 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 little example uh, john gave john kavats was he did he you know had us do this little exercise where uh, you get two raisins and a mini a glass of water and then he has you you know pick one raisin and observe it Honestly when I was looking at mine it's it looked like a scrotum I was so off the rail <laughs> It was so interesting but yeah just looking at it noticing like the sugar particles in it noticing the texture of it and then you go ahead and put it in your mouth don't chew it just you know feel it sitting on your tongue and play around with it um swirl it around in your mouth um yake uko kwa kaka gumu kaka raisi what i am so funny but yeah um put it, play like play with it place it under your tongue in between your cheeks and just notice how it feels at different points in your mouth notice how it tastes how it feels against your the skin like in your mouth and your lips um and then after that is when now you gently press it like with your teeth until it it bursts and then feel like the burst of sweetness whatever taste you feel in your mouth um continue playing around with it um until we measure you swallow it and then now you you um sit with it for a minute like the taste in your mouth it's just a whole experience honey i don't know i'm describing the entire thing to you but like you all need to try it out when you get time it's a lovely course And yeah, so I decided to apply that mindfulness in an activity. And what I chose is, you know, breakfast, my morning tea. And I decided instead of having tea where I usually do and that's basically at my desk next to my bed every morning, I have been exploring other places where I can have my tea 
and I started by taking it just outside the house up or just placing a chair there and watching the sun come up and my cats and the butterflies come in and the birds singing it was it has been nice and then I went ahead to um take my tea while walking <laughs> just having a morning walk um around the neighborhood places where it, it felt weird but I realized that nobody cares no one is no eh watoko watoko na mashida zake na uchumi mashida zao na uchumi um so it felt nice like getting to see usually i'm in my room seated in you know at the desk taking my tea there and when i'm there all of this is happening outside so many birds just moving around carrying grass i don't know what the fuck are they are they are they herbivores I don't i don't understand do they eat the grass because the other day i saw a bird <coughs> Karin, you see this top part of the grass that looks like um I don't know how to describe it that looks like a feather like it has uh branches that are carrying seeds I do I'll post a picture on our, on our on our stories that part so a bird was carrying it on its beak it looked it looks so pretty the thing was bigger than its entire body and it was singing with the thing in its beak and dancing dancing around and i think it was doing that to attract a mate or something it was trying to 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 catch a babe <laughs> and it was so interesting to watch like this little boy was carrying props honey he's doing the most you know valentine's is coming my yeah, that was so cute to see and yeah just to imagine all of these things are happening and i used to close myself in my room the only time i'm getting out is when i'm headed to stage to to school or to work yeah and now i get to experience all this whole other perspective and i don't think i'm ever going to stop that i'm always going to find a way to you know have my breakfast unconventionally yeah So from this week what I've learned about mindfulness what I know now is that mindfulness is noticing and holding space for what is happening around you and inside you because um like in most meditations that I've done you're usually invited fast to to notice your breath you know to feel it go in through your nostrils at the back of your throat into your lungs and notice how it feels having the air pass through you not doing anything to change it just observing and holding space for that and if there is 
um like a block or something that's keeping you from paying attention usually you're invited to not fight it instead you're invited to allow it to be there to hold space for it and notice what happens when you allow it to be there and usually honey it goes away on its own which is so so interesting to me yeah like a resistance for example me um a resistance would be thinking i would find myself getting distracted thinking about um or feeling angry uh or upset about something dumb that i did like walking funny in front of people or like um a mistake that i made or whatever or the dishes that i have to do and that in itself was a resistance because in this moment i've been invited to notice my breath but my attention drifts into thought but then when i'm told to hold space for it and allow it to be there just to notice it as a thought and let it be it goes away somehow it just goes away i don't know and that's so interesting and um today when i was preparing for this episode thinking reflecting about my week i kind of linked the meditation practice that you know the fact that it is noticing and holding space for what's happening around you and inside you it's very similar to this concept that i was taught in school called the gestalt theory um and in this gestalt theory in psychology there's um a concept about the foreground and the background um let me see if i can describe this take like a picture there's so many ways to describe this by the way but let me use yeah this one um say yeah you have a picture say a picture of a bird like um not a geo thing <laughs> and you know in this picture there's a bird and there is where the focus is and naturally your attention is drawn to the bird and a lot of times you'll find yourself only seeing the bird that's the only like information you take away from the entire picture yeah but then i think with mindfulness it opens you up to you know taking in the entire picture rather than taking in the bird alone because you'll find that the bird is the foreground and there is where the focus is but then there's so much going on in the background you find there's a bunch of vegetation there's a lizard on some branch somewhere and butterflies or a watering point or whatever and all of these things are happening in the same time and you only get to notice the bird and you live there honestly deprived <laughs> because you've denied yourself the fullness of the picture like the full picture so mindfulness 
opens you up to observing and noticing and appreciating the foreground and the background as well yeah allowing yourself to perceive all of it and there's so much opportunity in that you're able to see you know patterns and and experiences and insights that you would not have seen without being mindful yeah there's another thing that i i you know i thought i'd share still from the theory of gestalt gestalt means whole there's something about to say you as a human being the sum of your parts does not equate to the whole person for example let me see if i can describe this yeah say there's you you're seated here you're seated on a chair and then on this other chair we put together a bunch of um we duplicate your hands your legs your abdomen your all your parts of the body um and put them together the different chair all of those parts do not equate to you there's a complexity about you that can only be observed in your wholeness in your totality so that's part of gestalt theory i hope that makes sense for my days please let me know if it makes sense or maybe i could find more ways to describe it so that um i'm able to articulate it better but it's a very very interesting psychology theory and i'm hoping in future to get into it with whitney because that's one of my faves actually i love that theory so much and there's so much to unpack from it hmm yeah um but yeah there's this concept of polarity in gestalt and it talks about um how two things can exist at the same time for example in your relationship with your partner you can feel an immense love for them most of the time but still with that same partner you can feel an immense hate for them sometimes and um immense is just a degree that i'm using right now but it can be at varied degrees you know that emotion of love and hate and those two feelings can exist at the same time and i think mindfulness also lends to that um when you're able to you know allow yourself to experience a feeling without trying to make it go away um without you know using shoes i should be feeling this way or i must be feeling this way instead of this way just allowing you'll notice that there's such a complexity of emotions that happen throughout the day throughout the week throughout the month and it varies so much but it's there and that's part of the human condition but trying to you know pick and choose what you feel or what you express perpetuates 
psychological disturbance it causes you harm but if instead you ad- allowed yourself to you know feel everything as it comes and express it now the work comes in the how you express it and where because you need to feel those feelings and allow yourself to experience them in their complexity but you also need to feel them in safety um safety like for yourself and for other people and you also need to express them safely so rather than invalidating your feeling or your feelings i think mindfulness allows you or like meditation especially allows you to experience those feelings and emotions without judgment and in safety that's how i leave meditation sessions feeling this week more than ever has been um has been amazing in that aspect because i've been able to experience a lot of the feelings which i have been avoiding and suppressing and which have been causing me harm so yeah maybe some feelings come more intensely than others but trust and believe there is a complexity of emotions going on inside of you at every moment it's it's not just either or this binary thing that we are taught by colonizers honey it's not true it's so unrealistic and i love how the gestalt theory embraces complexity as a friend so yeah um mindfulness has helped me you know become observant and realize that you know there's so much happening around me and there is so many things so much opportunity for joy and happiness and empathy and compassion all around me things to give my life meaning and purpose and freedom but a lot of times i catch myself fixated on that on that one thing so i invite you to explore meditation and see how that feels for you i know it's not for everybody but i mean it's worth the try yeah so get into it Yeah, that's basically my week um with regard to the mindfulness training thing that I've been doing. I just thought I'd share I'll share the resources that the the link to the training, the what else? Uh the link to the video for like the body scan thing and also the raising thing on the show description so that if you feel interested, is something you might be into, go ahead and check it out. But right now we're going to go into a short break before we come back to the next part of today's episode. Welcome back, back 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 again. Oh, child, I really needed that break. I'm sitting here under this blanket. as like a makeshift studio honey and it is hot 
So yeah, I'm feeling nice and refreshed. And in this part, I want to talk about my internship at, as a school counselor. It's going great, growing more and more competent as time goes on. And just recently, like um, on Monday afternoon, I made a post on my Instagram about how there's, you know, I'm working at a, at a public school as a intern counselor and, you know, I know a kid who has just, you know, joined the fourth form and he's very brilliant but deprived resource-wise. So when I did that post, there was such, such an overwhelming support. Honey Left Right Center, um, people shared the post. People contributed. We got an amount right now at this moment. We have five books and there's like 3000 shillings, um, which I received this morning and last night to get more books and, you know, other resources. And it's amazing how kind and compassionate people can be, honey. That was that was way, way, way more than I had imagined. I, I didn't think that people would be so concerned, go out of their way to, to support someone who they don't even know. That's amazing. So I'd like to expand a big, big, big thank you to everyone who has contributed by, you know, contributing to the amount or sharing the post or like sending inquiries about other ways they can support. It's immense. It's immense. And I pray that you get blessed tenfold. You don't realize how, you know, how much impact you have on this, on this kid's life. So thank you so, so much. I'm excited to submit the books on Friday. Then is when I'm going there next i know he's gonna do amazing and this is going to take off a massive load from his stress this year so thank you so so much and yeah disclosure i he did give me consent to you know um mobilize resources for him um you know as best as i could anyway i went to high school like in a public school um, and I know how limited the resources there are, like books um, and just general material for like academics. Very, very limited. And that really plays hugely into your sense of efficacy, like your ability to achieve your dreams. Ooh, just a correction. Self-efficacy is more about your belief in yourself to achieve your desires or your dreams or like a desired outcome. It's more about your belief in yourself than, you know, your actual like abilities. You know, just looking around and seeing the state of affairs around you really informs what you think about yourself and how you feel about your ability to achieve things in life. 
And you know, when children are young, there's this belief that it's my fault that all these bad things are happening. There's this sense of responsibility for everything going on in your life, everything good or bad. And you might grow up believing, like usually uh, people, like especially from a poor background, grow up believing that I don't deserve any better, that this this is as good as it gets. This is the condition of my life. And the system <laughs> does not do anything to change that perspective or like distort it to make it better. It doesn't, it only feeds into it. So by the time a kid is done with high school, after being on and off at school attendance, of course that affects your grade, that um, emotional harm or like stress. Uh, manifests into sometimes, you know, less than acceptable behavior. And so you develop an identity that you are a bad person, you are not deserving of anything good or like prosperous in your life. And on top of that, you're a failure. And all of these things, like if you look at it clearly, are caused by the environment that this person is basically born into. So yeah, by the time they're reaching form 4, they're released into this world with an inherent feeling of lesserness. Like already they set the bar so low for themselves. But it's not because they choose to. It's because they have had all these sequences of experiences that have built up into a frame of mind. I like to think of it as there's this um, video that has been going around Twitter for a while. I think someone said it's a PlayStation advertisement from Kitambo. And it's uh, this scientist who um has a jar a clear jar with a lid and he puts fleas inside it after you know putting the fleas inside he cl closes the jar and leaves it there i don't know for what period of time and then when he comes back he opens the jar and then pours the fleas onto the countertop and puts the jar aside you see that these fleas these insects are um are jumping the entire time, like flying the way they do, but they do not go anywhere beyond the shape of the jar. Like they, they form the shape of the jar even when they are still outside of the jar. They are still in its confines somehow. I don't know if that makes sense. I'll share the video uh, when I post this thingy this episode so that you see what I'm trying to explain in case it hasn't come across Vizuri. But yeah, so I see the same thing. I, I, I use the same analogy when I'm talking about, you know, these kids subjected to all of these experiences. It becomes like their frame of mind and they live the rest of their lives confined to this idea that they are 
one less than that they are failures and they're basically less deserving of success opportunities than anyone else and it's even worse because the system feeds into that idea i'll use this example i love teachers i know um there's amazing amazing teachers out there but let's be honest some teachers are terrible <laughs> um we've all had personal experiences you know in our in our times in school you know, where teachers have been so mean or like having personal vendettas with students at the end of it all you just look back and think why why the hell would you put yourself in a position where you handle you have to handle children if this is how you're going to handle them but then that simply speaks to um the metric that is used to recruit teachers like what kind of scrutiny do they have for like recruiting teachers what are the qualifications and you'll find that the focus is only placed on having a degree ra 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 we need a better metric for recruiting teachers say for example you have a math teacher who basically hates you like i remember when uh, i was in high school i used to have a classmate called michael and he was a bit of a renegade and i used to live honestly but then our english teacher loved him she hated michael <laughs> and she was always so mean to him um i remember one time we were all like submitting our our, our papers after doing an exam and I remember the sneer she made while she was taking that that guy's paper and she just looked at it so like badly I don't know how to describe it like disgusted and then she placed it on the pile and you know as you might expect he he failed the paper as as of every other paper honestly she <laughs> she hated him and every time she would have a lesson with us the first thing she would say as soon as she got into the class is michael get out of my class and so the the michael used to have to stay outside every english lesson outside 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 he missed a lot of content and it's just this personal vendetta that honestly go and it's a 40 year old lady fighting with a 16 year old 15 year old for what and now you see when you are privileged well, when you come from a stable background especially resource wise your parents or guardians are able to fill the gap uh, they observe that your english grades are going down um unagwara or like uh, you're not getting along with the teacher they're able to fill the gap maybe by getting you supplementary lessons una unataftiwa twitter ukiwa nyumbani or you are enrolled to tuition during the holidays um your your parents can get you books or whatever resources change schools complain even escalate it to the nini um admin like why is my child um missing english classes what's the problem and then it gets resolved because your parent has the power basically and i know to a lot of us it doesn't sound like a big deal 
but then when we look at it from like the perspective of a person who is less privileged yes mtoto anagwara english and it's because he's being harassed by the teacher being sent out of class um there's a vileness about it but the parent can't afford to supplement uh can't even doesn't even know about tuition the parent can't even you know buy resources for you to study um outside of class like ununuliwe med familiar english or whatever and the parent can't even escalate the issue to the admin because you'll find that um the parent has had to call in a lot of favors with regard to school fees and all that and so coming back to that mean to to kuuliza ama ko complain that my kid is you know outside of class all this while it's hard for them to do that and it makes sense that they would feel that way but see how it places the kid at such a disadvantage and honestly ideally like clearly the problem is the teacher um because um this teacher like the teacher yeah who used to teach us english has a personal vendetta with a child a literal child and yes maybe the the nini was a little stubborn the kid um michael was a little stubborn maybe he he didn't rub her the right way or whatever but does that warrant for her to take such extreme measures against him and you know this used to happen like so easily a lot of people used to get sent out for so many different reasons and even before it gets to that the amount of beating people used to get it yeah and so like ideally a teacher would be able to hold space for a student who is uh, stubborn or misbehaving and the responsibility of a teacher is not to you know get rid of the problem child basically their responsibility is to hold space for them nurture them and help them change their behavior and we all know that behavior is not changed by corporal punishment and right now it's even established by the system but it's like the teachers a lot of teachers do not understand that and they do not have any other resources or skills to fall to in the process of like trying to change um or to like improve a child's behavior but then again teaching is not something that you necessarily learn if you ask me see and teaching is not just about physics and mathematics or whatever subject i think it's about your capacity to care for children and so that's why a little earlier i said that we need a better metric for recruiting teachers like in this country you can hate kids and still become a teacher an employed teacher at that with a pension and all honestly like asking why are you becoming a teacher during an interview and having the marking scheme or whatever as I am becoming a teacher because I care about the future of children. You know, and having a, a like a standard or a metric or something that you know 
a series of questions, like an assessment tool that makes sure that, you know, this teacher who is being recruited in this valuable job is actually fit to teach children and to nurture them in the sense that they really do care about the futures of children. But then again, the reality is people don't choose courses because actually they are passionate about it or like this is a this is a career that I'm into or I'll be, I'd be really good at. And also the standard for good in this country, like a good teacher, the standard is low. The bar is low and the metric is already rigged. So when a person is deciding to become a teacher, they don't really have like a good ideal in mind. That's what I'm imagining. Like, that's just my hot take. <laughs> don't, don't quote me anywhere. And also, we choose careers because first, we're trying to make ends meet. And then passion comes as a latter. So you'll find that, you know, a lot of people who, you know, get through and become teachers are people who are not really passionate about teaching. They just did it because they can do it and they're just trying to get ends meet. But I think for a start, having a better metric for recruiting teachers would it would really get the ball rolling in improving our education system. Because also, like, on my first day of internship, <laughs> on my first day of internship, I was seated, um, I was seated outside there, like, right outside the staff room, waiting to talk with the admin. And then it was during break time. And then the bell rang and it, it was time for people to go to class. And you know, in this school, movement by running. So the kids are running, 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 running. And then I see this, he looks like a game, games teacher or something. He was in a track suit. And he comes to the assembly ground, collects gravel, cocotto, like a bunch of stones, a handful. And then he goes and stands at the like assembly podium. And he's literally holding a bunch of stones demanding that they run movement by running ni, 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 ni. and then he sees like this these ninis these kids who are walking a little slow and he throws stones at them literally he throws stones at them for them to start running and among them was this plus size girlie who was really struggling to run but he didn't care he was actually really bullying her calling her fat and being so like mean and I was like, oh, child. It, it took me back to, to high school, honestly, and how, like, shite our experiences were. I remember in, in my school, <laughs> when during supper time, we used to panga this long line, you know, from the counter all the way back to, like, the fence. It was such, such a long line. And honey, people were fighting to, like, be in the line. It's like fighting for your life. Like, it was so, so bad. Like, people are squeezed together in a straight line, like sardines, like, by now people are, there's no proxemics, there's no proximity, it's you, the next person, and the next person packed like sardines. 
and the teacher comes along with this long long ass rod like a broomstick but twice the length and he just goes around hitting people on the head na yo yo kijiti yo rungo alikuwa nainua all the way all the way up honey all the way up and hits people's heads for no goddamn reason he was this old prick people used to be so, so scared of him because he would just like you see him you run away because you don't know if you're going to get beat or not and honestly looking back i think he eh misjudging he was just a prick <laughs> and that it was not just him it was a lot of a lot of vibes in my school and even in this school i'm observing but at the same time there is also so so many amazing teachers but yeah so i imagine being in that space and not having the sense of worth to defend yourself or the resources to protect yourself you know the kashmani kids in my school used to like go and complain or like call their moms or dads and they would come and they would like read the principle to filth and then they would never get touched again but the brokies ask the brokies honey we, <laughs> we stayed suffering until we cleared that school like it it felt so we i felt so helpless i couldn't escalate it to anyone child anyways how near kale mimi i won't start up my my past traumas right now don't get me wrong i do love teachers and there are some amazing amazing teachers out there and i've also observed that in in this school which i'm talking about and basically we need more of those caring nurturing teachers and less of these pricks teaching is not just about instilling knowledge you have influence over how the child feels about themselves and how they view themselves like this is so much power you have the power to transform their self image and so when a teacher is recruited to be a caring and a nurturing person this really cultivates like a sense of intrinsic value for kids whatever backgrounds they come from and it nurtures like this kinetic energy this potential that they can achieve if only they are in the right environment and this right environment means having the right staff around them when they're at school just that one little thing can go go such a long way yeah and maybe that's something i'm going to bring up in the next local baraza cuz i'm a local chief representing a local queer in the government um a lot of this perspective that i'm sharing right now i learned from this um irish lady who shared her story about being poor and her experience in school and how 
this one teacher really transformed her life by just being a human towards her, by affirming her constantly, and by creating this environment where she's able to create a positive self-image, you know, and she's able to realize that despite everything that she's gone through, maybe despite all the quote-unquote bad things that she had done or her circumstances, she's still intrinsically valuable and she is deserving of all the love, all the all the money, all the opportunities, all the favors that anybody else is getting. And so we need to have more people in academic environments to nurture that realization that you are deserving of all of these things despite your circumstances, despite your past behaviors or your past mistakes. You know? Yeah. I am also aware that, you know, these conversations about systems, for example, like climate change, you know, wars, things that are so far beyond your capacity to change can be so overwhelming. There could be someone right now who's asking, yes, I know this is a reality. This is what is happening. But like, what, what the heck can I do about it? First of all, to be in that space of awareness goes, does a lot. It does a lot. Because, you know, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, the thing about the foreground and the background, just knowing that the systems are messed up and a lot of, you know, kids are disadvantaged because of their circumstance and the system is not doing anything to help, can influence you in so many ways. And I don't mean by like wallowing on it or like, uh, being like overly like upset about it or lending to that idea of helplessness that this is all sucks. This is horrible. It is horrible, but don't brood. Instead, what I am encouraging you to do is if you feel that it's not, you know, in your capacity to make any changes or to do anything, just letting it go and letting it be and trusting that it'll be in the background of your mind instead of holding it and, you know, grabbing onto it on the foreground of your mind and making it into a whole problem in your life, allowing it to go to the background of your mind and trusting that when a moment comes where you can make change, where you can create impact in your own unique way, that that awareness will come back to the foreground and you'll be able to to make that change. But at a time when you're able, if you're not able, just allow it to go to the background. It'll come back to the foreground when it needs to. It's intelligent, okay? <laughs> Child, I'm just realizing I am deprived of oxygen the way I'm seated right now under this blanket. And I might be 
incoherent with I'm speaking because I am slowly losing consciousness. But no, I'm good. I'm just kidding. For you who might be wondering what it is you can do to help in your capacity, here's a couple of things you can do to help. You could donate books, old or new, to a public school near you. Or if you'd like, you can um, hand them over to me and I can pass it on to a kid who might need it. You could donate ream papers, a ream of papers, that is, exercise books, stationaries, textbooks. You could just buy a couple or one, and that could really go a long way. You don't even know. Um, and if you're feeling, if you have the resources, you could even pay fees for a term or two terms or a year if you can. Because a lot of kids need this. And they really do have the potential. And I've observed they also really, really, really want to be at school. They want to do well. But the circumstances really don't encourage them, you know. You could also consider, like, paying for the, like, therapy or, like, group therapy. And very, very importantly, like this, I should have started with this, donating to, you know, foundations and, you know, donating to organizations which facilitate sponsorships for kids. That could really help. And the good thing about organizations is that they have, like, structure and this is how you can monitor the, the progress. They have, like, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but they also have, like, a standard for who gets to get sponsored. Like, you have to be a A student. They're given the priority. But I wonder, say, a kid who has, like, a learning disability and is poor. So, like, considering his, his or her background or their background, they don't know that they have a learning disability. So, all they're told is that from a very young age is that they are not intelligent or they are not bright. But the truth is, if you have a learning disability, you just need to have an environment created for you that, you know, allows you to to learn in your own unique way. And yeah, that's a whole other topic for kids who have learning disabilities and they come from less privileged backgrounds. That's dawning on me now. Maybe that's something I'll look into and learn more about. And maybe I'll get back to it in future. Oh, child. Being under a blanket is no joke, honey. I think we're coming to the end of this episode. This has been a lovely chat. It's so long, actually. Surprisingly, this is a long, like, a whole episode. I didn't plan for it to be this way, but I guess I had a, a lot to say. had a lot to say. And I'm grateful that I get to express this on here. So as we wrap up another episode of How It Is, I want to expand a massive thank you to you, our incredible listeners. Your support means the world to us. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, leave a review, and share the love. Remember, 
Life is an adventure and we are thrilled to have you along for the ride. Until next time, stay fab, stay true to yourself, and keep embracing how it is. Sending you all the love.